Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Go For It. I am your host, Paul Gannon. For the next hour, we're going to be talking sports, having fun doing it. I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. And of course, as always, you're going to get a heavy dose of my opinion. I have an opinion and number to call, 646. 646- 727-3070. That's 646-727-3070. You can listen to the show. Blogtalkradio.com slash PGAN. That's blogtalkradio.com slash PGAN. Great show lined up for you today. Expect to be joined by Hall of Famer Willie Rove. Go get his take on all things NFL. Um, Johnny Manziel. Some interesting things with him. You know, the undefeated, who's the best? Who's the best out of the undefeated? A lot of good, you know, you got Patriots undefeated, Bengals undefeated, Broncos undefeated, Packers undefeated, Panthers undefeated. Who's the best? We'll talk to Willie about that. Um, Obviously, we'll get to Lamar Odom, baseball playoffs. You know, there's a lot of things to get to, a lot of great sports to talk as we talk sports and have fun doing it. Let's get right down to it. Let's start with Johnny Manziel. Obviously, tough situation with Manziel. I mean, you know, here's the story. He gets pulled over by police earlier today. Again, not arrested, but apparently him and his girlfriend had gotten to a little bit of little argument. Again, not arrested. Um, and, you know, it, you know, Johnny, it seemed like he had turned the corner. He had went to rehab in this summer, you know, and, and it seemed like he turned the corner. It seemed like he matured. It seemed like he became a better human being. It seemed that way. Now, you know, he went to rehab for an unspecified issue. We don't know if that issue was drugs. We don't know if that issue was alcohol. We don't know what the issue was. But it was un- an unspecified issue. But apparently he was pulled over today. He did admit to being drinking, but they, he was not intoxicated. Apparently, according to reports, um, his girlfriend and Manziel got into an argument. Manziel and his girlfriend got into an argument. Manziel had pushed her head into the window. Um, they, they noticed a, a little cut on his, uh, the girlfriend's arm. Uh, but they, they, they determined that the cut was not anything because of Manziel hitting her was because of Manziel trying to stop her from getting out of the car, apparently. Apparently, she, I guess she tried to get out of the car as they were arguing, tried to stop her, in the midst of trying to stop her, gave her a small abrasion. But, you know, he didn't get arrested. And then I guess that's, that's A, he didn't get arrested. But B, when you're Johnny Manziel, and you're a guy who last season – your work habits were questioned. Obviously, your ability was questioned. I mean, you stunk to join up. You weren't good when you got in. But a lot of things was questioned about Johnny Mantell last year. And one of the questions is, is he an NFL quarterback? And that's still a big question. I mean, obviously, when it comes to his head, is he an NFL quarterback? That was a question. But really, his 
his ability. Is he an NFL quarterback when it comes to straight-up ability and a talent? I don't know. I've always had my questions. I just felt like when you were watching him in last year, guys look bigger, guys look faster. He looked smaller. He really did. But I had questions about his arm strength. I just had questions about everything, about Johnny Manziel. And, you know, it doesn't help when you're acting a fool off the field. That doesn't help, especially when you're not that great on the field. I mean, it's not like this is Adrian Peterson. It's not like this is Tom Brady doing these type of things. This is John. You're Johnny Manziel. You have done nothing in this league. Nothing. You stunk to join up as a rookie. And even when you got playing time this year, you were okay. And, and based off the way Josh McCown is playing, you might not see the field again this season. I mean, Josh McCown is playing some pretty good football. He really is. McCown's playing some good football. And, you know, he led this team to a, to a big victory in Baltimore. First time they beat the Ravens in what? Since 2007. About eight years. Josh McCown's playing some good football. You know, six touchdowns, only one interception at this point. 1,200 yards, 67% completion percentage, 102 quarterback rating. I mean, he's getting it done. And if he continues to get it done, again, at this level, he's Manziel's not getting on the field unless he gets hurt. He's not getting on the field. So Johnny has got to... He's got to stay out of the, the limelight. He's got to stay out of the news. He's got to stay out of trouble. You know, you, you can't be doing this. You can't be doing this. Obviously, you know, we, we thought you were going to be done with the alcohol. Maybe on some level you fall off, fell off the wagon if, in fact, you went to rehab for alcohol. You got to be better, man. And And, hey... If you got a problem, you got a problem. And and if you have that problem, maybe you need to go back and get some more help. Get some more rehab. I mean and, and it happens. You, you know, an addiction is a disease. So if you are in fact diseased with an addiction, then you have to work this thing out. And and football in some not in some respect, football is the last thing you need to be worried about if you can't keep yourself from drinking. You got to. And so it's going to be interesting to see the fallout of this. And it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what's going to come of it. I mean, you know, whether it's going to be any type of league discipline, just the fallout in general, that's going to be interesting. And you wonder what the Browns are going to do. Or are the Browns, as they investigate this thing, and again, he wasn't arrested. Wasn't charged or anything by anybody. But are, are, are the Browns at some point, are the Browns going to do something? Are, are, are the Browns going to say, you know what, Mike Patton and this organization, Ray Farmer and this organization, they're going to say, we've seen enough. He is who he is. He's not ultra-talented to begin with, maybe he's just not NFL-ready. Maybe he's just not an NFL quarterback, not only physically, but mentally. Maybe And, and it, maybe it's time for us to cut the distraction, cut this man, be done with it, maybe trade him away to somebody. Maybe it's time. Because at, at, at some point, you know, the NFL will deal with you if you got talent. Guys like Greg Hardy is still playing in this league because of what he did last week to Tom Brady, sacked him two times, which is harassing him and hitting the quarterback. That's why guys like Greg Hardy, even after coming off the issue that he had, that's why he's still in the league, because he can play, because he can disrupt 
a passing game because he can hit the quarterback. So he because he can sack the quarterback because he can create havoc. He can create problems for your offense. That's why Greg Hardy's still in this league. He's not in the league because of his character. He's in the league because he can get after the quarterback. Now, Johnny Menzel, obviously he was a number one pick by the Browns. He went in the first round. But year one was a complete and utter disaster. Year two, it seemed like he made some strides. Seemed like he was he was he was trying to turn himself into an NFL caliber quarterback. But now you have this setback. And we don't know the level of setback it will be, but obviously you're drinking again. Uh you know, obviously you're having issues with your girlfriend. You gotta be better. You gotta be better. Again, his girlfriend did not press any charges. Again, he was not arrested. And apparently, according to the report, he did push his girlfriend's head into a window. But, again, there was no marks there. And, and again, she didn't press charges. She does have a little abrasion on her arm. And, and they're saying that was because Manziel was trying to keep her in the car. We don't know what can happen here. We don't know what's going to happen here. But whatever happens and whatever's going to happen, it's going to be interesting to see the fallout. Because we all know the sensitivity at this point when it comes to domestic violence. We all know, and he again, he wasn't arrested, but we all know the sensitivity in the NFL when it comes to domestic violence. But Johnny Manziel's got to do better, and if he don't do better, he's going to be gone from the Cleveland Browns and maybe gone from this league, but I think even if the Browns were to get rid of him, cut him, or even trade him, he, he's going to get another opportunity. He would get another opportunity because some team, somebody would give him a shot, but we'll see. Let's bring in a guy now who, who got many opportunities and did many things with his opportunities. Hall of Famer, Willie Rove. Willie. How you doing? How are you? Yeah, so what happened with Johnny Manziel? Well, Johnny Manziel, according to uh, reports out there, uh, he was in an argument with his girlfriend. Uh, he was pulled over by the cops, um, apparently. Um, he was drinking. He did admit to drinking, but he wasn't drunk. He was not arrested. And apparently, according to the report, he pushed his girlfriend's head into a window. Apparently, they were arguing. Girlfriend does have a small abrasion on her arm, but they're saying that abrasion was from Manziel trying to keep her in the vehicle at the time. So he was not arrested, and we don't know what will come over the situation, but obviously he's drinking again, and obviously that's a bad, bad sign when it comes to Johnny Manziel. And I want to ask you this. You, you look at this situation you look at what Johnny Manziel has done thus far in his career. Last year, he stunk. This season, it seemed like he turned a corner, at least, both on the field and off the field. But obviously, this is a big-time setback. Do you see at some point the Browns cutting their losses when it comes to Johnny Manziel? Well, you know what? I, I mean, I thought they were sitting him and letting him learn and letting him try to develop. But, uh, you know, with this incident happening, uh I think he might be right. I think uh, after, after this incident, he, you know, he might be in some trouble, you know, because he's, he's not supposed to be drinking at all. So he went, he went to rehab for 10 weeks. He should not be drinking. And uh, I just saw it pop up on my phone. And, man, I hope he gets it together. But, um, you know, with everything going on right now, with these guys seeing, especially what's happening to Lamar Odom and, and um that Manziel had more issues than just alcohol, from what everybody says. That you would think these guys would would have learned, and you know they wouldn't. He wouldn't put himself in this situation on a on a Friday. You know it's, it's Friday. You know what I mean he's coming from from downtown on a Friday. I mean they must have been. You know he must have just left right at the practice and went somewhere and, and been hanging out. So. That's not a good sign on a Friday. Friday's going to be getting ready for the game. I don't know if, if you tell me probably it's bye week, but if they got a game this week and you, you're the backup quarterback, you shouldn't be drinking on a Friday. For sure. And you're right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, they do have a game. They play the Broncos this week. Uh, they got the Broncos. The, Bron- the Broncos. So you should be ready to be – what if something happens to your quarterback, especially against the Broncos with that defense? They bring it, you know, you got to be ready to go. So it's a Friday, you play the biggest.
biggest game that your team is going to play, the Broncos undefeated, uh, and you're going to play the Broncos this week, and you and you and you out and going downtown and, and not focus on the game on a Friday. Friday's going to be going on getting your rest. Yeah, I mean it's obviously an unfortunate situation, and it seems like it's seemingly a setback for Johnny Manziel. We got to see what happens. I mean, it's an unfortunate thing. I mean, and the point I made earlier was like, look, Greg Hardy, a guy like Greg Hardy, you know, we know some of the things that he was accused of. Ultimately, he was acquitted. Believe it. Believe it if you don't. Believe it if you will. However you want to feel, however you feel about the situation. But reality is. He's still playing because he gets after the quarterback. We saw what he did last week. Johnny Menzel, thus far on the football field, has not shown us a lot. So you can understand now what may happen because the NFL is about production. And if you're not producing, plus you're doing some things off the field, you're not going to be around for a long time. That's just reality. Well, 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 I always say this. Johnny Football came in and played a good game. The game he played good when they won that game earlier this year. And I will say this. Greg Hardy, since that incident has happened, we have not heard anything about Greg Hardy getting any type of trouble with any type of uh, more incidents since that incident. So, for Greg Hardy, outside of what his comments he said before that game, you haven't heard anything about any type uh, of issues with Greg Hardy. Another thing, you've never heard anything associated with Greg Hardy with uh, any type of substance abuse uh, in in his past either. So, I mean, he does, outside of them playing football, you haven't heard anything about substance abuse issues with him, you know, outside of the domestic situation he had. Johnny football, um, you know, it was more substance abuse. And we, you know, he didn't have any. If you look it up, Paul, I don't remember him having any uh, domestic uh, happening. You know, before more, it was more about him partying. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, I mean, you're right. And again, we hope that he can somehow get this thing right moving forward, and he can. I don't know, get his life together. I mean, more importantly in the football, hopefully he gets his, his life together. And and ultimately, if he can get his life together, maybe he can be what the Browns thought he could be when they drafted him in the first round a couple of years ago. You talked about Lamar Odom, and, you know, good news, Lamar Odom is making some strides. You know, he, they said he talked a little bit today, a little bit. Um, so he, he seemingly... Making some. Are you sure? You sure he talked? Well, he said. Apparently, he said. He said good morning. Apparently, he said good morning. This uh. Come on. He said hi. I heard he had. His heart was getting better. I didn't hear he talked. Apparently, he said hi to his wife, his ex, his strange wife, I should say, uh, Chloe Kardashian. Chloe Kardashian. So he he walked to her. Well, I guess he. I don't know if he, he probably was in the bed when he said it. But I, yeah, I but guess, I said he was awake and talking to people. Well, I, I, apparently they said he asked. He said hi to his wife and he asked for his kids, and that's that, that's all he's the, apparently he has said at this point. But it's strides, you know. He's he's making some strides. He, that's good. You know, he actually, actually, he's breathing on his own. He's conscious and breathing on his own, according to ESPN.com. So said a few words. He's conscious. He's breathing on his own. So he's making some strides and. Hopefully this man can keep improving. Hopefully he can get back. Hopefully he can get another shot at this thing. Not basketball, but life. Because he's only 35 years old. But your thoughts on the whole situation? You know you know what? I'm so happy to hear that. You know, me and my wife, we've been praying for him. Uh, I know he had a hard childhood growing up. His mama passed away when he was young. His daddy. But... Uh, you know, he hopefully he'll he'll realize how many people loved and cared for him, and um, every, you know it's hard when you stop playing ball. And outside of the marriage, I don't think it was the marriage, uh, Paul, that created a lot of this. I think you know, like everybody's saying, when he left the Lakers, and when he when he, when he stopped playing basketball, I think that was more a factor with all this outside of his friends dying. You know, he had a couple friends, you know, his real good friend that overdosed earlier this year. You know, um, for him to get a second chance at life and, 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 and really, 
hadn't been training and working out the way he was ahead of time. But for him to really get a second chance at life, and I don't, I don't know if he'll be with Chloe or whatever, but hopefully he takes this and really gets some help. Because, you know, I mean, he, it was, I mean, he could easily, uh, as I've been saying, it's, it's going downhill. So for him to be, first of all, we got to get make sure the kidneys and kids are working better and they come back. But um, he, there's been a lot of people praying for him, and I'm very happy to hear. I didn't know he said words today. Very happy to hear that, you know, after everything he's been through. And like you said, Paul, hopefully, you know, I mean, I know people that have gotten organ transplants because of drugs, and then they, they screwed up after they got the organ transplant. So they they, they needed enough to need organs and still kept screwing up. So uh, if, if, he, if he doesn't have a wake-up call, Paul, a call for this, Paul, it's on him, but... You know, I'm, I'm I'm so happy that he's doing better. Yeah, for sure. I mean, at, at the end of the day, to your point, if he doesn't get it right after this, he's never going to get it right. So hopefully he can finally get this thing right, move on with his life, become a better man, better person, kick whatever habits he has, and ultimately get another shot at this thing they call life. We're talking to Hall of Famer Willie Rowe. Willie, last night, you know, let's talk about something a little happier. Your New Orleans Saints. Got back on the good foot, uh, beat the Atlanta Falcons 31-21. to I mean, in a game that they led throughout, in a game that, you know, they fairly dominated. I mean, it got after Matt Ryan a little bit. Um, Drew Brees, uh, you know, had success through for over 300 yards. I mean, they really got after Matt Ryan a little bit. You know, they, they, they limited this offense, this big-time offense in Atlanta. Sack Matt Ryan five times. I mean, five times, so that's getting there after the quarterback, and that's doing what you need to do to win. And, you know, eight quarterback hits as well. So they got after him last night. Were you impressed by what you saw with the Saints, especially after what happened to, against the Eagles? I mean, the Eagles really beat them down. Uh, I was very impressed. For them to come back and play the way they the tight end had. Ben Washington had the best game in his career. But for them to come back and play, and no, and I mean, who are the 44 and 91? We know about Cameron Jordan, but those other guys that came in, covered the, the, the defensive ends that, that were coming, I mean, they look good in the past yesterday. And everybody's been talking about how good Atlanta looked up front on both sides of the ball and how they've been playing. Pretty dominated and played well up front on both sides of the ball. Uh, the receiver uh, and the young kid uh, the they drafted is supposed to be real high on. He played good. Watson played good last night. And uh, they still gave up, you know, yards to, to the running back, you know, a little bit too much. But when they had the hunger down the it was pretty much the same game from start to finish. I mean, they beat them in all phases of the game. So it wasn't like it was a – the Saints pretty much came from the start. They made some plays on defense. They got some turnovers. And uh, anytime that uh, the Saints beat Atlanta, uh, the people are happy in New Orleans. So, so everybody's happy today, and uh, hopefully they can keep this going. I think you're lying. I think we got a bad sell. I think you're breaking up a little bit. Can you hear me now, Paul? I hear you now. I hear you now. Uh, uh, I, I said anytime, anytime the Saints beat the Dirty Birds and win like that and win from start to finish the way they played uh, and they dominated. And, Paul, I was very happy watching those young guys play 44 and 91, the defensive linemen. I haven't really seen that much of these guys, but those guys were playing, and they were coming and getting after them. And Atlanta this year has been known – for the offense, defensive line playing playing good this year, and they did they did get after the defense some in the running game, but the, but in the passing game the Saints defense stepped up big, and uh, I'll say I'll say uh, the Saints defensive line and their defense play, played a hell of a game yesterday. For sure, it was and it was you know especially after the way the Saints played against the Eagles, you know this team really came back with a, with a big time performance, 
in a rivalry game. I mean, talk about this rivalry. I mean, you were a part of this rivalry for years, Saints, uh, Falcons. Talk about this rivalry. I mean, the Saints, Atlanta is very close within an eight-hour drive. A lot of people from New Orleans live in Atlanta and people, people in, and, or have relatives. A lot of, you know, it's very close in the South, you know, predominantly, you know, a lot of black people in both cities. So it's a lot, it's, you know, a lot of people have relatives in both cities. So, you know, it, it runs deep. I mean, it's a big rivalry. I mean, it's, it, it, both of those games are always big games. They have a big following of fans going back and forth. So it, that's a big game. And uh, regardless to the records, it's always a heated game between the Saints and the Falcons. And for the Saints to come out and play the way they did was, you know, I know everybody in the city is very happy they they they, they beat them like they did yesterday. Yeah, for sure. And the, and the Falcons, the, I know they were an undefeated football team, but to me, they were a team that that has holes and, and a team that they're five and zero. But I, you know, I'm not saying I'm not a believer. And I'm not saying they won't make the playoffs, but, you know, they have holes on that roster. So, I mean, again, big victory by the Saints. And it was a rivalry game. And you knew any time in a rivalry game, anything can happen. Let's go to Peyton Manning now. I mean, the Denver Broncos, another undefeated football team, 5-0. and I mean, offensively, it's been a little suspect. Defensively, obviously, they're getting after people. You know, they're, they're sacking the quarterback. They're turning teams over. They're getting it done big time on the defensive side of the ball. Offensive side, it's a struggle. I mean, Peyton Manning is not the Peyton Manning that we all know and love. I mean, he has more interceptions than touchdowns at this point in the season. Six touchdowns, seven interceptions, 39 years old. At some point, you know, father time catches up to him. At some point, it all ends for you. But just what you've seen of Peyton Manning, do you see him at some point picking this, picking it up, or is this? Uh, we, 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 we have to say this too, Paul. He's got a new new system, a new coordinator. True. Uh, you know, Gary uh, Cooper, new coach. Uh, he lost West Walker, and he lost his other a big weapon to, to Jacksonville. So he's got oh, some new receivers. Ian Thomas to, to Jacksonville. So let's let's include that also. I will say this: he's got to play better. You know that. You know he's lost some linemen. You know they gotta if they can establish the run and set things up and establish the run and make sure that they're um, you know running the ball, taking the pressure off him, and using using a lot of play action, then that's gonna help him. But. He's, I think he'll get better as the year goes on. I think it's a new system, and he's adjusting to the system, and 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 he'll play better as the year gets on goes on. But he's got to play better. But you know, I don't think he's able to audible and do the things he's been doing. You know, in the past he's been able to play and kind of control everything, and he's not able to do that. So you know, I I think as the season gets on, he will get get better, and he's got to got to get better if, if they're gonna if they're gonna make a run, and he's got to play better than that, and they got to put up better numbers than that. But I think it will happen. But, man, man, that defense that defense uh, is playing, playing some real good football right now. And, um, you know, they're, they're, they're a tough team. But, you know, when they play against some of these other teams, they're going to have to play a lot better. And to your point, I mean, especially on the offensive side of the ball, Peyton Manning is going to have to give you more than what he has given you thus far, and especially if you want to make a run in the AFC. And just looking at the AFC, just looking at the NFL as a whole, you know, we got, we got a few undefeated football teams out out here. We got the Patriots undefeated, Bengals undefeated, uh, we got the Broncos undefeated, Packers undefeated, and you got the Carolina Panthers also undefeated. Out of five, the five undefeated team: Patriots, Bengals, uh, Broncos, Packers, and Panthers. Who's the best? You think? Packers, uh, both, in your opinion, 
the, the top undefeated teams. And, you know, we look at Cincinnati, the Bengals, obviously, big comeback victory against Seattle in that fourth quarter, down 24-7, made a nice comeback. I think the, the thing about Seattle, everybody's going to be reluctant and resistant to embrace this team because of Andy Dalton and the playoff struggles. You know, he struggled mightily in the playoffs over the years. Is it different? You think? I mean, as I watch this team, I, I think it, it could be a little different this year. Obviously, you're reluctant, but I, I believe in these Bengals. No, I, I like the Bengals. I like the Bengals. I like the defense. I like the offense. I, I think. I think uh, you know they just need to win that playoff game to get the monkey off their back. But I think no, I think they're an excellent football team, and I you know, and I think they've been through. I think the last few years, everything they've been through. You know they they're learning. They've learned how to win, and they've learned how to how to play in adverse situations. And like you said, the way they came back and the way they played. I mean, I, I, I like the Bengals, but you know everybody's gonna judge them by what they do in the playoffs. But I will say the Bengals are you know one of the top five football teams in this in this league, and and they've been pretty, been a good team for for a while. But like you said, everybody's gonna look at what they do uh, in in the in the uh, in the playoffs. And I remember going up there when we started. Nine and zero in in uh, in in 2003, and they beat us. And the last time I think they were undefeated, five and zero was like 2005. So I mean, Marvin Marvin uh, Lewis has been doing an excellent job up there coaching, and uh, you know they run a good program up there, and they've been, they've been doing a great job, and that's why he's been able to keep their job for so long. But uh, I think that, you know they're going to have to do something in the playoffs, and I think with the running backs and with the with the offense and with the defense they have with the receivers, AJ Green stays healthy, and and that offensive line stays healthy. I think that you know they'll, they'll be making some noise in the playoffs because um, you know both tackles that line they've been all those guys been playing together for a while, so they got some experience now. And you know we talk we talk about Rodgers, we talk about uh, 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 Tom Brady. But you got to look at you know guys like Andy Dalton, who's you know is putting some decent numbers, eleven touchdowns, only two interceptions, playing some big time football again. Like you said, playoffs is what is going to define Andy Dalton and define this football team. We're talking to Hall of Famer Willie Rofe and Willie Michael Vick. I mean Michael Vick, he struggled throughout the football game against the San Diego Chargers. He was awful for the first three quarters. Then he hit that long one to Marcus Wheaton. Then he came on back and led an 80-yard drive to to win the game at the buzzer. You look at Michael Vick, and and if he can win this week, I mean, he'll be 2-1 as a starter, obviously playing the Arizona Cardinals. It's going to be in Pittsburgh, but playing the Arizona Cardinals is going to be absolutely tough. But thus far, and and looking at Michael Vick, I mean, for me personally, I'm happy for the guy. I'm I'm happy that he's he's, he's still in the league. I'm, I'm happy that he's taking advantage of his second opportunity, you know, and, and taking advantage of the second chance. I mean, but what are you seeing out of Michael Vick? Obviously, he struggled a little bit, but he, he, he's, he's playing. He's, he's fighting. And if no, no, let's say this, Paul. When they played that game at home, Michael Vick played a good football game. The week, the week, yeah. the, when, the, when the field goal kicker missed that field goal, Michael Vick played right. a very good football game. And he threw some great balls. And, and, and I would say this, the experience he has and not taking all them shots he took, you know, in Philly he took a lot of shots. Not taking all them shots and not having to be in the man, not having to be the man. And for him to lead, for him to beat, it's hard to win in uh, in San Diego. That's a tough place to play. For him to play the way he did late in that game, showed the experience he has. And when he took off and made that run on that play and led him down on that drive, that shows experience. And I'm gonna tell you what. A lot of teams would like to have him as a backup right now. Look at look at Weed, look look at Weed and some of these guys. Michael Vick yeah. knows how to play. He knows how to do do stuff in the situ in the situation where he has to. And I mean, I'm glad I'm glad uh, uh, Mike Tomlin gave him a chance, and he's proven why you know he, he'd be a, a a very more adequate backup in this league. And, I, and I'm happy for him. But like I, like you said, he struggled in that game against the Chargers uh, for the first three quarters. He's a he's a couple Josh Scobie field goals away from being two and zero as a starter with the Pittsburgh Steelers and heck that's what you want out of your backup to be able to keep this thing going 
and, and you know, win you a couple of football games if necessary, so your season won't be a, a complete utter disaster when you lose your quarterback. So kudos for Michael Vick for getting that done for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and we'll see if he can keep it up against the Arizona Cardinals, who are a very good football team, a tough football team. It's gonna be it's not gonna be easy for Michael Vick, but you know, just like we're rooting for Lamar Odom to take to, if he can, you know, get back health wise to get the second chance to take advantage of the second chance. Michael Vick is doing just that, taking advantage of Act Two of his life and taking advantage of the second chance. Willie, pleasure talking to you, man. Nothing but the best. Let's do it again. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hall of Famer Willie Rofe, and you know. Let's go back to Lamar Odom now. Obviously, a sad story. You know, Lamar Odom, and you just look at Lamar Odom. Me and my wife were talking about this last night. You look at Lamar Odom, you look at his face. It, it, it just seems like a decent guy. It just seems like a decent human being. And, and, again, everybody has issues. Everybody has problems. Everybody has things that they're dealing with. And Lamar Odom obviously was dealing with a substance abuse issue. He had a substance abuse problem. And, you know, he had a hard time with it. And also, when it when it when it comes to uh, uh, Lamar Odom, I mean, this man has been through a lot. He he really has. He's been through a lot in his life. You know, he hasn't had a, uh, an easy life, to say the least. And you know, at, you know, so as, you know, you're seeing this story evolve and everything. One of the things that bothered me, and I, and I heard Scott Van Pelt talk about, it, and a few others talk about it. But one of the things that bothered me was was how, you know, he was being referred to as a reality TV star and things of that nature. That's not really who Lamar Odom is. Lamar Odom is a two-time champion. You know, Lamar Odom's a six-man-a-year award winner. Lamar Odom is a, was a big-time basketball player. He got it done. You know, Lakers don't win titles without Lamar Odom. He got it done. And, and so, yes, he, you know, he appeared on uh, reality TV, but that's not who defined that. That's not what defines him. That may what that may be what defines, uh, uh, you know, Kim Kardashian, Khloe Kardashian, and the rest of the Kardashian clan. I mean, but and the Kardashian clan is a group who you may say is not very talented, but you must say you can't argue for what the results they've gotten. You know, Kim with the sex tape and everything. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day. Even with all that, they were able to turn that into a multi-million dollar, you know, situation for themselves. So you you can say and criticize the Kardashians and say they have no talent, but they have some talent. At least they have, they have enough talent to to be able to to put themselves in position where they are a, 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 a money-making machine. But let's let's get back to Lamar Odom. More importantly. You know, and obviously it's a tough situation to to see what he's going through. But I've, I've said this all along. I, I, I'm i hoping, I'm praying that he gets this second chance because he seems like a good dude, and he's only 35 years old. And I'm not even talking about basketball. I don't care if he ever plays basketball again. You know, but I just want to first and foremost to, to get back to himself. And then secondly, do the things necessary to become a better person, do the things necessary to be that man that he was put on this earth to be. And I believe we're all put on this earth to be. We're destined to be great, all of us. And I think Lamar Odom, obviously, in terms of his basketball life, in terms of his financial life, in terms of the money he's made, he's been great. But in terms of his personal life, he has not been very great. And, and and now this is his opportunity now to clean that up if he gets that another another shot at this thing. Man, I hope he does. I really do. But obviously, it, 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 it is a guy after, you know, the situation. A lot of things happen in his life. I mean, a lot of things happen in his life. You know, he lost friends to drug overdoses. You know, he's been lost his child, six month year old, six month year old child. A six-month-old child, I should say. And so he's had a lot of adversity, a lot of tragedy in his life. And, you know, those things stick with you. And if you don't do the necessary things to, to try to overcome those things, and I'm not saying it's not going to be easy to overcome those things, but if you don't do the necessary things to, to overcome those things, 
then it's going to be difficult for you. No matter how much money you have, no, ma- no matter how much success you, you have and accumulate, it's going to be difficult for you if you don't clean up some of the issues that you have as a man, as a person. Like I said, it's going to be difficult for Johnny Manziel if he doesn't to, to be the man that he needs to be on the football field, if he doesn't clean up the outside things. And ultimately, Lamar, he was. He got traded to Dallas. And after that trade, he was never the same. He was never the same. Bounced around a little bit, but he was never the same players. Nick's actually uh, put him on the roster uh, was it last year, I believe. And then, you know, ultimately they, they released him as well. So, and you just hope that he can take advantage of the second chance. And, and honestly, I think a lot of people be making a lot of jokes about him going to the brothel and you know spending seventy five thousand seventy five thousand dollars reportedly, you know doing with the herbal Viagra. Probably there would be a lot of jokes if Lamar Odom wasn't in the condition that he's in, no doubt about it. But at the end of the day, this is this is an opportunity for Lamar to get right. If he can survive this, this is an opportunity for Lamar to get right and be, again be the man that he was put on this earth to be, be that guy. Hopefully he can be that guy. Let's go to baseball now. Um, ALCS gets started tonight, Royals, Blue Jays. Let's go back to game five, that seventh inning, that that epic seventh inning. I mean, it was the craziest seventh inning. Not seventh inning, it's the craziest inning you'll see, period. And one in the history of this game. I mean, it was one of the craziest innings ever, ever. And it starts in the top of the seventh, where you know Russell Martin throws the ball back, hits the bat of Chu, uh, Sincho Chu hits his bat. You know, ball flies somewhere. Uh, Rangers score. Blue Jays fans go crazy, throwing things. Not been a happy bunch, but it was a it was a crazy play. It was an unexpected play. And then Rangers up three to two, bottom of the seventh inning. Your 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 ace Cole Hamels on the mound, moving along, and you have three errors. Three errors in that seventh inning. It's an errors just like in football, are basically like a turnover. And it's up. sometimes it's up to your defense to say, you know what, we're not going to let you score from this turnover. We're going to shut you down even though you're putting us in a bad spot. But when you play any, obviously the, 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 the Royals and this, this stack lineup, I mean, Carnacion, Donaldson, uh, Tulowitzki, and, 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 you know, so on and so forth. Batista, I mean, this lineup is big time. You can't give this lineup extra outs. You gave the Blue Jays six outs. You gave the Blue Jays six outs, and in the process of giving them six outs, they score four runs. You cannot give a, a lineup like the Toronto Blue Jays opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. You've got two guys with 40 home runs and one guy with 39 home runs. So you got three guys with darn near 40 home runs. And you're giving them extra outs. You're not going to win giving extra outs to a team like the Toronto Blue Jays. I mean, this this is not the, the, the Phillies. This is not the Philadelphia Phillies. This is the Toronto Blue Jays. You give up outs after outs. It was a choking situation. You choked this baseball game away. And you can argue you choked this series away. You were up two games to nothing, going back to Texas with an opportunity to take one in your building. You take, you got two chances to take one. You didn't do it. And then you go back to Toronto. You get a, a lucky situation that gives you the lead at the top of the seventh. And then the bottom of the seventh, three errors. You gave the team six outs. And you let your pitcher Cole Hamels down, and ultimately you let your team down. And ultimately your team goes home with their head down, and you can complain about, 
Jose Batista and throwing his bat and whatnot, his bat flip and all that stuff. But guess what? If you don't want him to flip the bat, strike him out. You don't want him to flip the bat, ground him out, pop him out, fly him out. If you don't want him to flip his bat. If you don't want a bat flip, do something about it. And I know these, uh, there's all these unwritten rules in baseball. It's a, it's a game full of unwritten rules. Don't steal when you're up a whole bunch of runs. You know, don't, don't stare at the ball when you hit it far and deep. It, it, it's a game full of unwritten rules. And so... Batista's probably going to get hit next year. He's going to get drilled. I mean, he's going to get his comeuppance. The Rangers are going to do something about it next season. But at the end of the day, it was a big moment, a big spot, and he got excited. I mean, the, the biggest hit of his career. And, you know, when, when, it's just like Richard Sherman. Well, Richard Sherman made that the biggest play of his career where he taps the ball, Malcolm Smith intercepts it, and that was in the championship game against the 49ers a couple years back. You know, he was so excited, so happy, you know, when he was when he, when he, talking to Aaron Andrews. You know, he was yelling loud and, and excited, and, and he was excited, he was happy. He was the greatest, the biggest play of his career to that point. The biggest play of his career. His play helped his team get to the Super Bowl. It don't get no bigger than that. What a play. What a big play. And so when you make a big play on a big stage, you're sometimes going to have a big reaction. And that big reaction may not be the reaction that people like, may not be the reaction that people accept, and and may not be the type of reaction people will, will, will think highly of. But, uh, you know, Mr. Dyson, if you don't want a bat flip of epic proportion, strike his tail out. If you don't want to see a bat flip, strike him out. Otherwise, shut up. Be quiet and move on with your life. And we look at Chase Utley, and then we we talk about unwritten rules, you know. And Chase Utley, you know, the, the slide that he had tried, his the slide that he had to to, to break up the double play. Ultimately, it broke to hot as a it broke his leg, broke his leg. And was the play dirty? It was a smidge dirty. Was it against the rules? No. But was it dirty? A smidge? Was his intent to try to, was he trying to hurt Tejada? Did he really want to break Tejada's leg? No, I don't think so. Not at all. But it was. And obviously he's going he's gonna to get his appeal on Monday. I mean, I guess really this is irrelevant at this point. I guess for next season he'll get two games if it's upheld. But it's irrelevant at this point. That's two out of 162. So it's really irrelevant. But at the end of the day, if if if, if you – I don't think was I don't think he should have got suspended. I really don't. Was it was again was it a smidge dirty? Yes, but I don't think it was suspendable. But you know we live in a society. We live in a world of sports. It's a totally different day. You know, things that didn't get you suspended before get you suspended now. Fouls that didn't get you suspended before in basketball get you suspended now. Hits that didn't get you uh, penalized or fined in the NFL get you penalized and fined now. It's a different world. You know, we, we've, I guess, become a little more sophisticated, if you will. I don't know if that's a good thing. I mean, yes, at some level, yes, but sometimes... Sports is sports, and sometimes you know basketball, football is a physical game. You know baseball not a really not physical, not a physical game at all. But 
you know, things happen. And, you know, we, there's unwritten rules. Let, let me ask you this. If, if, if a pitcher drilled, pitcher trying to retaliate for another guy getting hit, if the pitcher drills a guy in the ribs and breaks his ribs, I guess he gets suspended too. I mean, it's an unwritten rule. Obviously, you know, it's it's an unwritten rule. Obviously, you're retaliating for whatever happened. But if you drill somebody in the ribs and you break the ribs, do you get suspended too? I mean, so where, where do we do – either we clarify some things or, or we don't. And so, again, smidge dirty on at least part, but not suspendable in my opinion. But, you know, at this point it doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter from the standpoint of, of Chase Utley losing games, but it does matter because Tejada is obviously out with a broken leg. But, again, I don't think he his intention was to hurt. His intention was to break up a double play. In the midst of trying to break up a double play, um, I don't think, you know, Tejada turning the way he turned, he had his back towards Utley. You know, in that particular situation, if you had yourself turned towards Utley, you could kind of try to avoid him a little bit. And I actually think he would uh, the, uh, the person on face would have been safe anyway. He would have got in anyway. So I don't really think from that standpoint, breaking up the double play, I, I don't think what Utley was trying to do would have it – would, it, it wouldn't have been a double play anyway. Even if Utley wouldn't have slid the way he slid, I don't think it would have been a double play anyway. I think he would have got in. But anyway, Dodgers are going to Mets to move on to the Chicago Cubs. And we want to talk lineup. The Chicago Cubs lineup is a stacked lineup. I mean, there, there seems to be no outs in that lineup. But the bat, I mean, you know, you got a lot of guys in that lineup with double-digit home runs. You know, it's a stacked lineup. And, of course, you got Jake Arrieta. It's going to be interesting to see how this Mets, this lineup deals with, uh, uh, you know, the Mets pitching deals with this Cubs lineup. You know, Matt Harvey, you know, uh, DeGrom. We'll see how you guys do with that lineup that they have there in Chicago with these Cubs. But the Cubs, man, they're, they're a stacked baseball team. That, that offense is, is a, that, that's a stacked lineup. It's a stacked lineup. And so it's going to be interesting. This is going to be fun. You know, and this is great for baseball. If you're, you're, you're baseball, you're, you're, you're you know, you're, you're Manfred, Rob Manfred, you, you're, you're ecstatic. You're ecstatic by, you know, what you have here. You know, you have Chicago, big-time market, obviously New York, the number one market, and you have two. You have the Cubs, who hasn't won anything, and, and a team that, you know, lovable losers for a long time, but people love the Cubs, and a lot of people are going to be rooting for the Cubs. And the Mets, who haven't been in the World Series in a long time once, since 1999. Was about 2000, maybe in 2000, but about 15 years since the Mets have been in the World Series. So it, it, it's obviously going to be an exciting. Baseball got what they wanted in this particular situation. Number one market was Chicago. Number three, number four market. So you you got what you wanted in this situation. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Can't wait. Some great baseball uh, to be played. It's going to be some great football, obviously, this week to be played. You know, the NFL, each and every week, there's some big-time football, college football as well. I mean, it's football, is, this is a great time of the year. Basketball's on its way. you got football in full swing, baseball playoffs, great time of the year. But you got some big football games coming up this week, no bigger than the Colts and the Patriots. Tom Brady against the Indianapolis Colts. We all know last time we played the Colts, the whole deflate gate situation, you know, Tom Brady's integrity was questioned during this whole Deflategate investigation. And now Tom Brady's coming out here like a buzzsaw. This Patriot football team coming out here like a buzzsaw. Tom Brady's, you know what, 11 touchdowns, no interceptions. This guy is on on a mission. He's been darn near perfect, 72% completion percentage. He's on a mission. You do not want to make Tom Brady angry. You do not want to make him angry. Roger Goodell has made him angry. So angry to the point that Tom Brady is taking it out on each in every football team that's out there. He took it out last week against the Dallas Cowboys. You know, he took it out to, took it out on the Cowboys, two touchdowns, 275 yards. Took it out on the Jaguars, 
358 yards, two touchdowns. Took it out on the Buffalo Bills. Three touchdowns, 466 yards passing. Took it out on uh, the Steelers in week one, 288 yards, four touchdowns. So he's taking it out on each and every person. Roger Goodell, you done created a monster. If, if I'm everybody else in the league, I'm mad at uh, Roger Goodell for the monster and the animal that he created with Tom Brady on a mission, and a mission that may not stop until he gets to Super Bowl 50. This mission may lead him all the way to the Super Bowl Super Bowl 50. I mean, and it's going to be interesting. If I'm the Colts, I'm a little nervous about what Tom Brady might bring to the table. I'm a little nervous that Tom Brady is going to continue is going to continue to take out his anger on us. I'm nervous. And the Colts, for them, fortunately, they play in the AFC South. A bad division. And the reality is it seems like they're going to win that division by default. Now, hopefully for them, they can turn it on, get better, do better, be better, and ultimately be good enough to beat the New England Patriots. At this point, Andrew Luck's a question mark. We'll see if he plays. Obviously, if Matt Hasselbeck plays, you're not beating the, 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 the New England Patriots. And you're probably not beating the New England Patriots either, even with uh, – uh, what's called as the uh, quarterback, Andrew Luck. But you have a better chance. This is the Patriots. The Patriots going to win this game. They're, they're, they're going to win this game. And Tom Brady might throw for 500 yards and five touchdowns. I mean, he might he might go absolutely crazy in this football game. You know, he, he might do some crazy things in this football game. It, it should be interesting to see what's going to happen. But Tom Brady is on a mission. Get out the way. Move. Get out the way. Get out the way. Get out the way. I mean, that's what you're, you're, you're seeing with Tom Brady. Get out the way. He's coming. And he's coming to hard. College football tomorrow, Michigan State, Michigan. You know, the Michigan Wolverines playing some big-time football under, under Jim Harbaugh. They're obviously improved. Brady Hoke is not there no more. I mean, then you got Ohio State, Penn State. Penn State after losing to my Temple Owls. Won five in a row, going up against Ohio State, who has who has struggled, but at this point six and zero and playing some good football. Obviously USC, a uh, team right now, no coach Sarkeesian. We all know what happened to him. He's fired. South Carolina, no coach to go old ball coach, took his ball and went on home as he resigned uh, in South Carolina. And as far as I'm concerned, I think you know whatever explanation he may have. Unless it's health related, you know this. This to me is is you're quitting on your football team. You don't want your players to quit on you, but you're quitting on them. You know, you we we chastise and criticize players when they quit. We need to chastise and criticize coaches when they quit. Steve Spurrier, I, I know he's seventy years old, but at the end of the day, you started this situation. You need to end this situation. You need to get through the season. You need to get through this year. And if you want to retire at the end of the year, so be it. But I think you owe it to the players, the players you recruited, the players you brought to South Carolina. You owe it to them to give them a full season. And at the end of the day, you can move on from there. And you can argue, well, if he can't give them a, a full season of good coaching, then he shouldn't be out there. But at the end of the day, these guys committed to you. You went to their homes and you sold their pro- the program to them. They committed to you. You owe a commitment to them. You should have finished this season as far as I'm concerned. I want to thank Hall of Famer Willie Rowe for stopping by. You can listen to this show and other great shows, blogtalkradio.com slash begin, where you can listen to this show and other great shows. Follow us on Twitter, at GoForItGant. Also hit us up on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash GoForItGant. For everybody here, go for it. We hope you have a great weekend. See you later. Take care. Bye.